0: It's AJ and welcome to the D-Plus Club. As always, I'll be bringing you the latest news and rumours in the world of Disney+. Plus. I'll be covering what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney Plus streaming service in the US and in the UK. And each week we have a weekly movie club where I give you an overview of the movie along with some facts and some possible goofs. In the last show, we covered the movie The Rookie, starring Dennis Quaid. That episode, along with all previous episodes, is available now on all major podcasting platforms, including probably whichever one you're listening on right now. And for this last week's movie, we've been watching Riot and the Last Dragon, but I'll get back to that a little bit later in the show. How's everyone's week been? Actually... I should start by saying how's everyone's last two weeks being because unfortunately the 11th hour I did have to cancel last week's episode and I just extended the movie club for an extra week we'd had a very very long very busy weekend and usually I start recording this now about three four o'clock in the afternoon and I, I just record it until it's done and then edit it and upload it I used to do it in an evening, but I found it much easier to do it in an afternoon, and I, I was less tired, and yeah, I just feel like I've got more energy. But last weekend, we'd been so busy preparing for the holiday, it got to about half past five going on six o'clock, and I still hadn't recorded. Not only that, but I was feeling a little bit under the weather, and there was a few different things, like with sore throat, and just, just generally feeling unwell. And I just decided, you know what, I would rather extend it a week than do it and not have like all of my heart and energy in, in into it just because it had to come across that I was like really not in not, not with it probably I think so I just wanted to extend it for a week and you know just come into this episode with much more energy and also I've been able to now plan out the next few weeks of the podcast leading up to me going on holiday and things like that. Speaking of the holiday, actually, next week will actually be the last episode before I go on holiday. I've decided to take off an extra weekend before the holiday, so it will extend the break by a week, but I just want to make sure that we've got everything prepped for the holiday, that all of the cases are packed the week before, so the like the day before we go, we can just do those final last minute checks, make sure everything's charged for all of our travel bags and things like that. I, I just, I want to make sure that there's no last minute rushing. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to just take an extra week. The movie club that I'm going to do over that holiday period is kind of two movies in a way. So I, I'm just going to make sure it's an extended movie club. I will be off for, uh, I think it's something in the region of about five weeks in the end or five weekends, I'm not too sure, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I've got everything ready and I'm not rushing around at the last minute. And uh, yeah, I just want to enjoy my holiday, really. So uh, yes, next week will be the last episode before I do take a, a short break of a... Uh, about four or five weeks so anyway this last couple of weeks has just been just generally busy all around not just like at home preparing for the holiday but at work as well I've had a lot of really long packed days I've done some more business networking events I'm trying to prepare a lot of things over the next couple of months make sure things are in place whilst I'm Because whilst I have got someone new starting tomorrow actually joining me in the marketing department which as a department it's just been me really up until now I, that person is not going to be like knowledgeable in all of the different subject areas before I go away and I only want them doing like minimum things whilst I'm away just getting used to everywhere like the team and getting used to the products and the services that the business offers and things like that so I I can't expect that they'll be doing masses of amount of uh, like information that will be going on straight away. What I kind of want them to be doing is preparing things for like when I come back so that I can check it with them when I come back sort of thing. So I'll be giving them plenty of work to do over the space of a couple of weeks. There'll be a lot of learning involved. There'll be a lot of writing involved because they'll be doing some content writing for me, but none of that will be published until I like return from my holiday. So it means I can just check over it, make sure the, the information is correct. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's been a, a busy few weeks just like I say just pre- making sure that all of those sorts of things repaired even as well like learning materials but anyway we've also done a lot of shopping like I say ready for the holiday as well last weekend we were out shopping most of the weekend yesterday we went out shopping and even this morning I've had to go to the shops and get a bit a few bits done as well but uh, yeah we've also had some right fiasco with the holiday as well at the very last minute I say very last minute two weeks ago we, dis- we discovered that we'd ordered a bunch of tickets. So we've bought Disney Park passes, Universal Park passes. That actually was two years ago. Now, because of the borders being closed and everything like that, all of those have been extended. And I, for some reason, I could not find my extension letters anywhere. Managed to get them now downloaded, so I, I'm fine with that. But along with that process, we discovered that the SeaWorld tickets that my sister had bought, we're not going to SeaWorld just because we don't think there's enough there for the kids to be able to do there's a lot of roller coasters and things there now and whilst I would absolutely love that the kids are just a little bit too young but anyway we found that there were only two SeaWorld tickets and my sister and her fiance and their two kids or should I say three kids but one of them's a a baby, so that wouldn't count as a park admission. But we figured out that there, there was only two adult SeaWorld tickets, and we're like, well, where's the other two SeaWorld tickets? Anyway, one thing led to another. We went through loads of different records, and we found that the other two child SeaWorld tickets had never actually been ordered. So originally, my sister and her their fiance and their kids they were going to do discovery cove which would have included SeaWorld tickets but they asked for that to be quoted and then they changed their mind and minds and decided they were just going to do sea world in the end so they asked for the quote to be changed to sea world problem being is that place with the place where we got all of the tickets through instead of changing four discovery cove tickets to four sea world tickets They changed it from two adult to child Discovery to Cove tickets to two adult SeaWorld tickets, and the child ones were never added on. Now, this was actually at a point where my sister was arranging a lot of these sorts of things with the park passes. Since then, I've kind of took over things, mainly because my family kind of trusts me more more with the park things, especially with Disney and Universal anyway, less so with SeaWorld. But... uh, Yeah, especially with Disney and Universal. So anyway, we we found out that those hadn't been ordered. So two years after the fact, we decided that we wanted a refund on those because they were only going to be using them for one day. They cost a lot of money and also to buy two more, two more child passes even, should I say would have actually cost more than the original adult passes cost two years ago. So, yeah, one thing led to another. We managed to get those cancelled and we've decided instead to use some of that money because we can't use all of it because what we've decided to replace it with is a lot more expensive. But anyway, we decided to use some of that money to put towards Universal Express passes. So on the second Friday of our trip, which I've planned as a universal orlando day we're actually going to have express passes on that day only and we're just going to knock out as many rides at universal as we can i'm only personally planning in two universal days we might be able to stretch it to three but i'm planning on a islands of adventure day and a universal studios orlando day and that's it just want to get everything knocked out all in those two days probably an early morning and a late night but i want to get as much as we can done but uh, yeah, I thought the express passes especially on the second Friday would be good. And I've actually got them as Park Hopper express passes because like UK tickets are Park Hopper passes anyway. But I thought if we can use those to be able to like, hop between the parks, we can go on the Hogwarts Express, which goes between the two parks as well. But uh, yeah, no, I think it'll be really good. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. It's, like We're down to like the final few weeks now before we go away. So I really, really can't wait. Anyway, I will stop with all of my holiday talk. I do know that I'm rambling on a little bit with that. Hopefully everyone else has had a great week or a couple of weeks, should I say. Drop me a message over on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club plus being the word plus and let me know how you've been doing now though it's time for the news and starting with the report from actually last week should I say following the Disney plus release of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness which we actually watched uh, last weekend actually I think it was now I think about it yeah and we really really enjoyed it it was actually announced that 2.1 million households in the US alone watched Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness in just the first five days, which is absolutely phenomenal. They've done so well with this release strategy. I'm really, 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 really enjoying the way that they're doing this. And I did talk about this, I think, a couple of weeks back, that potentially this could also mean that Lightyear will be available just before I go away. It just goes to show that even though Disney are doing this shorter release strategy window of about 45 days-ish at the moment that it doesn't seem to be harming their box office performance. Because Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness actually made it... Uh, what was it, $950 million in theatres. And then it also managed to pull in these big numbers in streaming following its release. So, yeah, really well done to Disney on this because not only are they producing some brilliant movies that are performing really well in the box office post-pandemic, but they're also releasing these on their own streaming platform and pulling in absolutely huge numbers. So, really well done to them on this, and it doesn't seem to be harming their box office performance in... uh, should I say, a drastic way. But yeah, really, really well done to them on this. I Like I say, I really, really enjoyed Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I won't give away too many spoilers. I would say that it's more of a a sequel to three kind of different Marvel projects. It's kind of a sequel to Endgame. It's a sequel to the original Doctor Strange, of course, but also it's a sequel to One Division as well. So I would, if you've not seen Division yet, I would definitely try and watch Division before watching this movie. Like I say, I had read a lot of the spoilers before watching it, so I wasn't too surprised when certain things happened or certain people appeared on screen, should I say, but I still enjoyed it nonetheless. So regardless of whether you've seen the spoilers and you think that you've spoiled it for yourself now, no, I highly, highly advise watching this because there were still some things that happened that even shocked me, should I say. So no, really, really enjoyed this movie and it's definitely one that I would recommend to watch. Last week, Disney also dropped a few new trailers for upcoming Disney Plus projects, starting, of course, with the first teaser trailer for the upcoming Halloween film, Hocus Pocus 2. Now, I actually watched this again only earlier today because I wanted to talk about it whilst it was fresh in my mind. And it does look like a modern day version of the original Hocus Pocus. And I was always wondering, how are they going to revisit the Sanderson sisters coming back into our world, especially following the the original film? And it looks like they're going to be doing it in a really unique way. And there's also going to be a few subtle nods, should I say, to the original as well. And it does look like they've done an absolutely brilliant job. I know that I've said a few times before that I've only watched Hocus Pocus a couple of times, once when I was much younger, and then again more recently when we covered it in the weekly movie club, but no, I really, really enjoyed it, so we're looking forward to seeing what they do with this second Hocus Pocus film. We also were treated to new trailers for See How They Run, which is set in the west end of the 1950s London. Plans for a movie version of a smash hit play come to an abrupt halt after a pivotal member of the crew is murdered. When the world-weary inspector Stoppard and the eager eager rookie constable stalker take on the case, the two find themselves thrown into a puzzling whodunit within the glamorously sorrid theatre underground, investigating the mysterious homicide at their own peril. We also got trailers for the movie Amsterdam, which is from 20th Century Studios, which is a crime epic about three close friends who find themselves at the centre of one of the most shocking secret plots in American history. We also got trailers for Reservation Dog Season 2, American Horror Stories Season 2, High School Musical The Musical The Series Season 3, Grownish Season 5, and Disney's Hamster and Gretel. And only this last week, we got the trailer for Light and Magic, where Lawrence Caston takes viewers on an adventure behind the curtains of industrial light and magic, the special visual effects, animation, and virtual production division of Lucasfilm. Learn what inspired some of the most legendary filmmakers in Hollywood history, and follow their stories from their earliest personal films to bringing George Lucas's vision to life. I'm actually really looking forward to this. I do enjoy a lot of these behind-the-scenes sorts of documentaries of films and TV series and how certain things are produced and made, so yeah, really looking forward to that. Moving on though, following the release of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, we've actually received a few updates and insights into this series. It was long thought that Disney were developing a movie based on Obi-Wan Kenobi back when they were developing films such as Rogue One and also Solo, a Star Wars story. However, we know that after the poor poor performance of Solo in the box office, many of those plans were scrapped. Now we're actually finding out from the original screenwriter, Stuart Beetle, who didn't actually work on the Disney Plus series, but he is credited he's actually stated that it was originally planned as a three-movie series. He said in an interview with the direct this past week, I wrote the film that they based the show on. So yeah, I spent like a year, year and a half working on it, and then when the decision was made not to make any more spin-off films after Solo came out, I left the project and went to work on other things. Joby came on and took my scripts and turned them from two hours into six. So I did not work with them at all on it, I just got credit for the episodes because it was all of my stuff. He then went on to say, so when I pitched my Obi-Wan story to Lucasfilm, I said, there's actually three stories here because there's three different evolutions that the character has to make in order to go from being Obi-Wan to Ben. And the first one was the first movie, which was the show, which was surrender to the will of the force, transport your will, surrender your will, leave the kid alone. So then the second movie was thinking about where Kenobi ends up, and one of the most powerful and probably most powerful moments in all of Obi-Wan's story is that moment where he sacrifices himself in a new hope. Great moment, you know, it makes you cry, but if you stop and think about it, it's a pretty sudden thing to just kind of go from being a fighting guy to see Luke and go, I'm gonna die. You know, that to me kind of required forethought and required pre-acceptance that this was going to happen. It did sound like the original film would have had a similar narrative to Obi-Wan, but I feel like that they made the right choice to be able to turn this into a series. And I think it worked really, really well. And of course, this past week, we also found out that the season finale of Kenobi pulled in 20% more viewers than the first five days of the season finale of the book of boba fett so they must have hit the right story and for the right audience how however it doesn't mean that it's currently dominating the streaming series chart that was actually held by stranger things season four which has about seven times more many watch time from viewers across the u.s than anything else on any other streaming service combined so yeah that's performing really well but it does make you wonder since that this story was originally intended for the first film of a three film series do they now currently have plans for a a second season or potentially even a third season of an obi-wan kenobi series it is worth thinking about and there's been a lot of rumors recently that because it performed so well that a second season could potentially be on the cards but it does make you wonder where they could take this story leading it into a new hope personally i felt that they have left this story on the grounds where you know what You can think about all of this off screen and also there's the comics that can go with it as well but they don't necessarily need another series, but if they were to do one it would have to be an absolutely brilliant story to be able to meet the success of this first season, let's say. Staying on the Star Wars news briefly though, the Andor series showrunner Tony Gilroy has spoken out about the five year structure of the series. He spoke to Empire to promote the upcoming series and confirmed that the second season will consist of 12 episodes and that it will uh, span the uh, period of about four years between the first season and when Rogue One will begin. He said, The scale of the show is huge. Directors work in blocks of three episodes, so we did four blocks in season one of three episodes each. He then went on to say, We looked and said, Wow, it would be really interesting if we came back and we use each block to represent a year. We'll move a year closer with each block from a narrative standpoint of view. It's really exciting to be able to work on something where you do a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday and then jump a year. Andor is due to premiere on Disney Plus on Wednesday August 31st and filming is expected to begin on a second season later this year. However the speculation is now online that potentially this second season could see the introduction of K2SO. Of course K2SO is Andor's droid companion leading into Rogue One so it would make sense for K2 to be introduced at some point within that four year span leading up to Rogue One. So I look forward to finding out more about that and hopefully we'll see the return of alan Tuddick as well with, with that the percy jackson series is confirmed to be using the same volume technology as the mandalorian the book of boba fett and also obi-wan kenobi rick ryden said in a blog post this past week i'm pleased to reveal a secret that i've been dying to share with you for over a year percy jackson and the olympians has partnered with industrial light and magic to build a new volume stage here in vancouver and we are the first people to use it It's based on the groundbreaking technology that was created for The Mandalorian, and our new volume stage has an even more cutting-edge version that will wrap around a virtual environment, making it one of the most advanced production stages in the world. We're using it for things that have never been attempted before, creating settings so realistic that if we do it right, you should never be able to guess which scenes are done on location, and which scenes are done on the stage. And I think that this technology is absolutely groundbreaking. Sorry, this is me coming from the quote, but yeah. I think that this technology that they developed for the Mandalorian and for all of these other shows is absolutely groundbreaking it does make it feel like that this was done maybe on a blue screen or a green screen and that everything's done in CGI but in real in realistic terms it's actually just all projected onto this volume stage technology and it's just filmed directly there and then and this cuts down so much time in post-production for these these crews and this production that they're doing because it means that they don't have to go in and do masses of amount of CGI in post-production they can prepare all of the stage that they want to use on the volume stage in advance. And then they're just filming, then. And you don't have to worry about altering th- things too much in post. There will still be quite a lot of post-production that will need to be done on these series. But no, I think it's absolutely brilliant. And to have Another one of these stages in Vancouver as well. It means that other TV series, whether it's for Disney or whether it's for other productions, will be able to utilise this technology. So I think it's absolutely brilliant. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. Moving on though, director James Cameron has stated that he may not direct one or more of the upcoming Avatar sequel movies, which are currently in development. Filming is expected to have been completed on the third movie. And the second, of course, is due in cinemas this December. He said, the Avatar films themselves are kind of all-consuming. I've got other things that I'm developing as well that are really exciting. I think eventually, over time, I don't know if this is after 3 or even after 4, I want to pass the baton to a director I trust to take over so I can go and do some other stuff that I'm also interested in. Or maybe not. I don't know yet. I don't know what to think about this personally He's kind of the mind behind these movies. It's his vision. And I don't know how he could pass this on to another director unless he has retained some sort of creative control over how these are produced and given these directors very clear instructions, but maybe just do it in their own way, let's say. But yeah, for me, I think he would have to retain some form of creative control over these for for it to be the sort of Avatar film that, He has envisioned, let's say. I'm really looking forward to seeing how the next film turns out, though I do have plans to be able to go and see this with my dad come December. We used to go... I I think I've told people before, but uh, we used to, when the Star Wars films were being released, we would go and watch those in the VIP suite in our local cinema. And that's a really good experience because they have like an unlimited buffet of pizza, chicken, nachos, soups, pasta... Uh, and e- even like sweet things as well, like ice cream, donuts and uh, popcorn and the, the likes, but anyway, you can go to that, you have like an hour before the film there's unlimited soft drinks and there's a bar and then you can even take all of that food into the cinema with you as well and eat it whilst the film is on. So I think that's a plan that me and my dad will go and see that this December in the VIP suite so I'm looking forward to that. We also got some news about the upcoming Goonies series which is in development for Disney. The show's producer Gail Berman spoke with Variety last week whilst promoting the film Elvis. In the interview she briefly spoke about the upcoming Goonies project which has the title Our Time currently. She said this is a partnership between me Amblin, Lauren Shullo donna i think i'm saying that correctly whilst i was at paramount there were these young boys doing a movie about vaders of the lost ark and it was a kind of a shot by shot remake and i got some press at the time and the studio was very upset about it i thought it was an amazing idea and it always stuck in my head and how can you take that kind of idea and turn it into a tv series we need a terrific writer and great partners so we brought the idea to amblin and those guys loved it Sarah Watson is our creator. The series is a story of a town and a family in the lens of Friday Night Lights, let's say. And within that, they tell the story of a shot-by-shot remake of The Goonies. We had to get Warner Brothers to Toby Emmerich to ask if we had the rights to do The Goonies, and they said yes, obviously because Mr. Spielberg and the Donners. So now we're doing this for Disney+. I'm actually really looking forward to this series. I loved the Goonies as a kid growing up, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with this series. Of course, it seems to be kind of like a mockumentary, sort of behind-the-scenes sort of thing, and I actually loved Friday Night Lights, seeing that sort of rough kind of camera angle behind the scenes, almost like a pretend the camera isn't there sort of thing. So no, really, really looking forward to this and looking forward to seeing what they do with it. Let's cover a few shorter stories now, though. It's actually been announced that Hugo Spear has been removed from the cast of the upcoming Full Monty sequel series for Disney. He was originally set to reprise his role as Guy from the original film, however, has been removed from the cast following allegations of inappropriate conduct, which apparently he does deny. Disney have announced Beauty and the Beast, a 30th celebration, which is a two-hour animated and live-action blended special, which will pay tribute to the original Disney animations Beauty and the Beast and its legacy by showcasing the fan-favorite movie along with new memorable musical performances and taking viewers on a magical adventure through the eyes of Belle. Beauty and the Beast, a 30th celebration, will air Thursday, December 15th at 8pm Eastern on ABC, and will be be available the next day on Disney Plus in the United States. However, an international release has not yet been confirmed, however it is expected. Disney have also revealed the official name for the upcoming National Treasure series this past week. It will be titled National Treasure Edge of History and they also revealed that they will be hosting a panel at the San Diego Comic Con. They also revealed panels for The Rookie and The Rookie Feds, The Proud Family, Louder and Prouder, Solar Opposites, The Orville, Abbott Elementary, Bob's Burgers, The Great North, The Simpsons, American Dad, Family Guy, and also a Marvel panel as well. And whilst it's not yet officially been announced, it is expected that we could also get a Star Wars panel, but that has yet to be confirmed. Marvel also announced this past week that Julius Ona, who previously directed films such as The Cloverfield Cloverfield Paradox, he has signed on to direct Captain America 4, which will see Sam Wilson take on the mantle of Captain America for the first time on the big screen, following his journey to the shield in The Falcon and The Winter Soldier. And also, after months of speculation and rumours, it's actually been finally announced by deadline that Kingpin and the Daredevil will appear in the new Echo series, with... Vincent D'Onofrio and also Charlie Cox, returning to the characters that they portrayed in the former Netflix series. The current rumours at this time is that the Echo series will work as a potential backdoor pilot for the new Daredevil series, which was announced to be in development in May. I'm really looking forward to the Echo series and seeing Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio on screen together, hopefully Together, should I say, again for the first time since the Netflix series. And I'm looking forward to seeing where they take these characters going forwards as well. So, looking forward to that. And finally, this week, I wanted to be able to talk about Disney's Movie Moments program, which provides children's hospitals with special access to new movie titles from the Walt Disney Studios. It's been announced that this will now expand to nearly 100 additional hospitals, more than doubling the current number in the program. The program offers opportunities for kids and their families to enjoy first-run movies together, along with other hospitalized children, providing a sense of community during a time which they may not be able to visit the theaters. I personally would like to find out a lot more of this, as at my work, we work actually with a local children's hospital charity. They're actually called The Children's Hospital Charity, and I'd like to see if it is possible to get them to qualify for this program. I personally have reached out to the charity this past week to get them in touch with Disney. I managed to find some contact information for the Disney uh, Movie Moments program, and their uh, partnership officer has reached out to Disney to see if they can be involved in this, and I would love to see if they can. And they are going to... Oh, they've promised to keep me, should I say, up to date with the progress of this and any news that they hear back from Disney, and I look forward to finding out more. The Disney Movie Moments program was actually established in 2014 in 48 hospitals as part of the company's commitment to delivering comfort and joy to children and their families. To date, the program has streamed 40,000 hours of content. Moving forward, the company will continue to use proprietary technology to deliver first run titles directly to children's hospitals from Disney, Walt Disney Animation Studios, Pixar Animation Studios, Marvel Studios, Lucasfilm, and Twentieth Century Studios, along with a select customized talent video greetings. I'm going to take it that that's maybe greetings from some of the cast and characters from the film. Anyway, the information I've read does say that it is a global endeavor, so I will definitely be looking forward to finding out a lot more about this and especially with it being for those those children who are in critical care facilities they de- deserve these sorts of things and it would be very interesting to see if the charity that we work w- with or we're involved with would be able to be able to get this for the local children's hospital charity but uh, yeah I think it'd be a very good project to work side by side with them on and I look forward to finding out more about it. But that's about it for this week's news. What are you most excited for from this last week's news? Let me know, of course, over on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club or over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord or over in the Sorcerer Radio Fun Zone Facebook group. Now, though, it is time for a brief break, and then I'll be back with what's new and what's coming soon to Disney Plus this next week.
1: What are some of the most popular songs played on Sorcerer Radio? We'll find out every Monday morning on the SRN Top 10 at 8 a.m. Eastern. Vote for your favorite Disney song on the Sorcerer Radio app by pressing the vote button on the bottom part of the screen. That's the SRN Top 10 on Sorcerer Radio. All Disney music all day long. SRSounds.com
0: So what's new and what's coming soon to Disney Plus this next week? Well, of course, these last couple of weeks, we've had a couple of episodes of Miss Marvel. And also here in the UK, we've had a few episodes of Only Murderers in the Building Season 2 as well. And I am absolutely loving both of these. I will briefly start on Miss Marvel. I've enjoyed that they're really exploring the rich heritage of... um, this character and her family and I feel that especially this last episode really covered a lot of the history that you maybe not be able to gleam usually from a tv series in the comics of course to are able to explore this in a lot more detail over time over more issues but in a limited run tv series where there's only like six episodes you can struggle to get a lot of this culture and a lot of this backstory for this character and also her family as well and this week's episode was the the best way of being able to do that should I say I'll not spoil anything too much I do want people to be able to watch it from themselves for themselves and I will come back and talk about it in a little bit more detail at a later date but no really really enjoying this and especially this last week's episode it was able to cover a lot more ground and resolve some sort of character tensions let's say that have been bubbling for the first few episodes of the series moving on to only murderers in the building though Again, really, really enjoying this second series. And I was worried that after such a brilliant first series, they might not be able to continue that momentum and that tension and that sense of just this murder mystery book in the second series. But they do and they seem to be doing it really, really well. And one thing that I do like about this second series is that they're not following that same formula. They could have easily gone back and used the same formula from the first season and just tried to reproduce that and reproduce that tension, but they're not. They're using a different formula for the second series, and they're making sure to keep the character of Bonnie almost alive whilst being dead if that makes any sense they're really going back and looking at some of her history and especially this last week's episode was really bonnie focused but it also included these other characters and you got to see things from her perspective and you got to be able to not see who killed her but you got to see those days leading up to her death and in the first season it made it out or made it seem almost like the the when she died was Merely moments after them discovering who had who had been the killer in the first season, so I, I really I'm really enjoying how they're exploring this time period and lengthening it out, but also exploring her backstory in a little bit more a, a little bit more capacity as well. And that's something that I've noticed over these first few episodes that they're really pulling in some more backstories from some of these other characters in the building as well, which we didn't get to see much of in the first series. So. No, really, really enjoying that. I'm looking forward to seeing where they take this series going forward as well. But what have we got to look forward to this next week? Well, starting on Tuesday here on Disney Plus in the UK, but also on Hulu in the US, we will be getting the fourth episode in the second season of Only Murders in the Building. And on Wednesday, we'll be getting the sixth and final episode of Miss Marvel. On Wednesday in the US, you'll also be getting four new episodes of Spidey and his amazing friends, and also Disney's Chibi Tiny Tales, as well as Life Below Zero Next Generation Season 4. Whilst here in the UK, we will be getting the release of the Bob's Burgers movie, which I actually feel will be released on Hulu in the US. Someone would have to confirm that, but I do feel that that might be released on Hulu in the US. But here in the UK, we'll be getting it on Disney Plus, And it begins when a ruptured water main creates an enormous sinkhole right. In in front of Bob's Burgers, blocking the entrance indefinitely and ruining the Belchers' plans for a successful summer. Whilst Bob and Linda struggle to keep up, keep the business afloat, the kids try to solve a mystery that could save their family's restaurant. As the dangers mount, these underdogs help each other find hope and fight to get back behind the counter where they belong. We'll also be getting Solar Opposites Season 3 and also 911 Lone Star Season 3 Episode 2. This is actually getting the previous episode and previous seasons last week as well we'll also be getting six, uh, kiss 6 sense sorry stumbling over my words there that will be season 1 episode 1 we'll be getting big sky season 2 episode 14 ncis season 19 episode 17 the great north season 2 episode 21 american dad season 18 episode 9 the Villains of Valley View, Season 1, Episodes 1 through 5. Remote Survival, Season 1, where aspiring survivalists are stranded in rough and inhospitable environments in nature and rely on advice of experts through their earpieces to survive. We'll also be getting Wicked Tuna, Season 10, and cur- I'm going I'm sorry, I'm going to say this incorrectly, probably... Cadernus de Philippa, I think that's how you say that. That will be season two where Philippa shows off the recipes from her life full of memories and stories to tell. Moving on to Thursday here in the UK we'll also be getting the seventh episode from the third season of the sci-fi adventure comedy series The Orville and i will admit i am struggling to keep up with the oval at the moment i've just got so many things on at the moment that i don't get a chance to keep up with all of these but what i have decided is that whatever i don't get chance to watch between now and me going on holiday i will load on my ipad to be able to watch whilst i'm on the plane so i think that's probably the best idea plus also the some released whilst i'm over there as well so i probably want to download f- those for the return journey anyway moving on to friday we'll all also be getting access to disney's zombies 3 as the characters are beginning their senior year at Seabrook High in the town that has become the safe haven for monsters and humans alike. Zed is anticipating an uh, athletic scholarship that will make him the first zombie to attend college, whilst Addison is gearing up for Seabrook's first international cheer-off. Then suddenly extraterrestrial beings arrive in Seabrook, provoking something other than friendly competition. In the US on Friday, you'll also be getting Explorer, the Deep Cave. The one-hour special follows renowned cave explorer Bill Stone, as he he and his team attempt to push the boundaries of what has ever been done before, as they attempt one of the greatest achievements in modern exploration, to set a new world record by venturing into the bottom of what is thought to be the deepest cave in the world. In the UK on Friday, we'll also be getting the movies The Dead Poets Society from 1989, Chicken Run from 2000, where Rocky, a rooster, and Ginger, a chicken, decide to escape from a chicken farm where they learn that their owner is plotting to have them killed. We'll also be getting Dear Frankie from 2004, The Queen from 2006, 127 Hours from 2010, Withering Heights from 2011 about Earnshaw, a kindly Yorkshire farmer who adopts Heathcliff, a young orphan. Once there, he grows passionately fond of Catherine, Earnshaw's daughter, and draws the ire from Hindley, Earnshaw's son. We'll also be getting Iron Lady from 2011, and Philomena from 2013, where BBC journalist- Martin Sixsmith, reaches out to Philomena Lee to help her in her mission to find her son, who was given up for adoption when she was a teenager. We'll also be getting Asterix, the Mansion of the Gods from 2014, Suffragette from 2015, Florence Foster Jenkins from 2016, and Jellyfish from 2018, where Sarah's drama teacher channels her ferocious and volatile energies into a stand-up comedy routine for the graduation showcase. Sarah discovers that she may have a hidden talent. And then on Friday in the UK, we'll also be getting the Sharkfest specials Shark Beach with Chris Hemsworth, Shark Attack Investigation, The Page Winter Story, The Sharks of Hawaii, and Shark Gangs. And we'll also be getting the documentary special, Flea, which is described as a powerful and innovative animated documentary exploring the refugee experience from the inside, giving a voice to one man's moving story. Told mostly through animation, Flea weaves together a stunning tapestry of images and memories to tell the deeply affecting story of a man grappling with his traumatic past in order to find his true self and the real meaning of a home. That actually sounds like a really interesting documentary. I'm not usually one for those type of documentaries, should I say? I'm more like into film and media and things like that, but this sounds really, really interesting. It'd be one to actually probably check out, I think. And that's about it for this next week. What are you most looking forward to? Let me know on social media, of course, at at or forward slash the D plus club, plus being the word plus, or over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord or in the Sorcerer Radio Disney Fun Zone Facebook group. I will be taking another brief break now and then after that, I'll be back with the Weekly Movie Club.
1: Hi, it's Jeff Davis here on Sorcerer Radio. Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time for DW60. We'll start things off with Press Row as we talk about some of the top news stories from the Walt Disney World Resort. And of course, there's always rumors floating around, and I'll cover them during the rumors of the week. And I'll be reading your emails during email time. As always, I'll be playing some of your favorite Disney music from around the Walt Disney World Resort. If you missed the show, catch the replay that evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can always catch up on the news of the week during DW60's Press Row podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. It's DW60 with me, Jeff Davis, here on Sorcerer Radio, all Disney music all day long, srsounds.com.
0: and now it's time for the weekly movie club and as i mentioned earlier this past week's movie club movie has been raya and the last dragon so if you've never seen raya before this is your spoiler warning if you don't want to be spoiled pause the show go and watch the film and then come back and join us for the rest of the podcast and now with the spoiler warning out of the way let's get right into it 500 years ago the peaceful and prosperous subcontinent of Commandra is ravaged by the droon an evil dark colored spirit that turns every living thing in their path to stone sisu one of the last surviving dragons is given her siblings magic which was placed in a gem she concentrates her magic into the gem and blasts the drone away reviving commander's people but not its dragons the power struggle for the gem divides commander's people into five separate kingdoms called fang heart spine talon and tail corresponding to their placement along the gigantic dragon-shaped river. 500 years later, Chief Benja of the Heart Tribe, which retains possession of the Dragon Gem, trains his daughter and young warrior Princess Raya to protect the gem. Firmly believing Kamandra can be reunited, Benja holds a feast for the leadership of all five tribes. During the feast, Raya befriends Namari, the daughter of Chief Virina of the Fang tribe, and Fang's princess, who gives Raya a dragon pendant and tells her of a legend that says that the dragon Sisu still exists and can be summoned. Trusting Namari, Raya shows her the gem's chamber, but Namari betrays Raya as part of a plot to help Fang steal the gem. Alerted to the attack, Benja and the other tribes arrive and start fighting over the gem, breaking it into five pieces in the scuffle. The gem's destruction creates a fissure which releases the druun once more, quickly overtaking the land of heart. Every tribe member steals a piece of the gem and flees. Benja notices that the druun are repelled by water and sacrifices himself to save Raya's life by throwing her into the river before getting turned into stone by the druun. Six years later, Raya treks across Kumandra, searching for Sisu to have her create another gem and banish the Druun once more. She manages to summon her at a shipwreck in Tail, where Sisu admits that she did not create the gem, but wielded it on behalf of her four siblings, who each contributed their magic to the gem. Raya and Sisu resolve to take back the four stolen pieces of the gem, reassemble it, and use it to banish the drune and restore Raya's father, and others who were turned to stone. Raya and Sisu travel through the tribes, reclaiming the pieces of the gem, and making new friends along the way. The young restaurateur Bon from Tail, the baby con artist Little Noi and her three Ongis from Talon, and the warrior Tong from Spine, all who, am lost, who have lost loved ones to the drune. Namari pursues Raya, hoping to gain the gem shards for the Fang tribe, but each gem shard they acquire also blesses Sisu with one of her siblings' magical powers. Raya, not fully trusting her new companions, insists that Sisu remains disguised as a human, but Sisu reveals herself to save Raya from Namari at Spine. When they get to Fang, however, Sisu persuades Raya to propose an alliance to Namari, rather than steal the final piece of the gem. As a gesture of trust, Raya returns the pendant Namari gave her years ago. Namari, torn between her responsibility to Fang and her wish to help defeat the Drune, threatens them with a crossbow. Sisu tries to calm Namari, but Raya attacks her with her sword, causing Namari's crossbow to fire and kill Sisu. Sisu's death drains away all of the water from Kumandra, including around the island palace kingdom of Fang allowing the drone to overrun the realm. Furious by Namari's actions, Raya pursues Namari, whom she finds grieving the petrification of her mother, and they fight, whilst Raya's companions use the gem pieces to evacuate the people of Fang. Raya defeats and prepares to kill Namari, but stops when Namari reminds Raya of her role in Sisu's death due to her inability to trust others. Raya and Namari then go to aid the others. As the drune gain on her group, Raya remembers how trust allowed Sisu to save the world. She urges the others to unite and reassemble the gem, showing her faith in Namari by handing over her gem piece and allowing the drune to turn her into stone. Bone, Tong and Noi and the Ongis follow suit, and Namari reassembles the gem before the drune petrifies her as well. With the dragon gem reassembled, it unleashes a powerful shockwave that spreads throughout Kumandra and vanishes all of the drune, and conjures up a magical rainstorm which revives everyone alongside the dragons who later also revive Sisu. The group reunites with their loved ones, including Raya and her father, and all of the tribes and dragons gather at heart to unify as one Kumandra once again. Raya and the Last Dragon was released on March 5th, 2021 in theatres and also on Disney Plus Premier Access. It had a budget of just over $100 million and made over $130 million in its theatrical run. However, as with other Premier Access films, it had not been reported how much it made from its Premier Access release on Disney Plus. Following its premiere access run, when it was released for everyone in July of 2021, it became the highest streamed title on all streaming services at the time. It was also the third highest streamed movie title of all of 2021. The film is set in the fantasy land called Kumandra, inspired by the Southeast Asian cultures of Boreni, I think that's how you say that, Singapore, Laos, Thailand, Timor Leste, Cambodia, Vietnam, Manama, Malaysia, Indonesia, and also the Philippines. Wow, that's really testing me with how to pronounce some of these. For background research, the filmmakers and the production team travelled to Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Indonesia, the Philippines, and Laos. The filmmakers formed the Southeast Asia Story Trust, a collective of cultural consultants for the film, which included Dr. Steve Arunsak, who is an associate professor of Lao anthropology at the California State University. Thai artist Fawn I'm going to struggle to say this one as well, Thorn Vera Sunthorn served as the head of story for the film. Actually, I think I got through that one quite well. So, mm-hmm. uh, To choose the protagonist's name, the film has actually reviewed dozens of suggestions which were recommended by exports from Disney's South Asia Story Trust. The screenwriter, Adele Lim, had an emotional reaction when she first heard the name of Raya, which means celebration in Malay. To prevent the spread of the virus during the COVID-19 pandemic, the filmmakers practiced social distancing by working from home using digital communication software such as Zoom and others. Raya and the Last Dragon was actually originally scheduled to be released in the US on November 25th, 2020. However, of course, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the film's release was initially delayed to March 12th, However, on December 10th, 2020, as part of Disney's Investor Day presentation, it was announced that the theatrical release would be altered again to March 5th, 2021, where the film would be released in a limited amount of theatres throughout the US where they would be open, and also it would be simultaneously released on Disney Plus's Premiere Access. Sorry, I've heard my son shouting in the background there as well. Riot and the Last Dragon was made available for purchase through Premiere Access from March 5th, 2021 until June 4th, 2021. It was made available to purchase on digital services such as iTunes on April 2nd, and it was available free to all Disney Plus subscribers in Latin America from April 23rd and from June 4th in other countries, before being made available on home media release such as DVD and Blu-ray from May 18th. Due to the Covid-19 pandemic, the cast members had to record their lines at their own houses, whilst also meeting with directors online through Zoom. Tuk Tuk was actually created out of necessity, as the story required a transportation for Raya. After brainstorming ideas about what could serve such a purpose in a fantasy environment, the filmmakers created a hybrid animal with the ability to curl into a ball and also ride. The visual development artists later expanded on this idea to create a full-fledged character in Tuk Tuk. In Thailand, a Tuk Tuk is a vehicle used as an urban transportation in cities such as Bangkok. Raya is actually the third princess to be a wholly original character. For example, it's not based on any prior character from a fairy tale or other legend. The other Disney princesses in this category are Merida and Moana. These three princesses also do not have love interests in their movies, unlike other Disney princesses in the lineup. Unless anyone, of course, agrees with Kelly Marie Tan's assertion that Namari is Raya's love interest in the film. That can almost be taken as a subtext, maybe, let's say. And I kind of agree with it. You can see this sort of tension between the two. But, of course, Disney don't outright come and say any of this because they, for these animated movies, they don't want to cause some sort of tension in uh, a lot of international markets, let's say, especially in like china and asian markets where the film actually had quite a lot of success raya is also the first non-pixar disney princess not to sing however she is the second disney princess after merida in pixar's brave with this film raya actually becomes the 13th disney princess and becomes the first Southeastern asian princess and finally this week at the end of the credits there is a tribute to over 400 households that came together via the internet to make this movie during the covid 19 pandemic the credits also list 42 babies which were born to the crew during the movie's production and that's about it for this week's movie what did you think personally i really really enjoyed this movie and i really enjoyed watching it after its premiere access release we didn't actually rent it on premiere access the first time round, but i've enjoyed going back and watching it again this week and i would even go as far as saying not up there with Merida, who is my favorite Disney princess, let's say, but definitely in the top th- two or three. She, Raya is my in my top two or three of favorite Disney princesses. She's a very strong character. She's very self-assertive. She knows what she wants and what her goal is. And very much like Merida, she's this kind of warrior princess, let's say, who isn't going to let anything stop her. But one thing that I like about this film, as opposed to Brave, let's say, is that both of these two uh, main characters are very strong, independent women. And I feel that they are represented very, very well in the film. And a lot of this sort of... Uh, Southeast Asian history is portrayed very well, even though it's in a fantasy land, let's say. It's done very, very well and they're able to get across a lot of that uh, mythical history and represent all of the countries in all uh, all of the cultures in all of these different countries let's say so no i really really enjoyed this film and i've really enjoyed going back and watching it again this this week but what did you think as always i ask over in the sorcerer radio discord the disney fun zone facebook page and also on my social media for people to be able to share their comments over in the discord brandon said i enjoyed this movie when i watched it my little nephew loves this movie Meanwhile, I still have to watch The Rookie from last week. Well, hopefully over this last two weeks, Brendan, you've been able to watch The Rookie and also this as well. Possum says, I love this film. However, Clan said, I didn't like it. And over on Instagram, Tim said, When this first came to Disney+, Plus, I didn't like it. And I don't know whether that is because I was bitter because it was being released on Premiere Access as well as in cinemas. I felt that as I was paying for Disney+, Plus, I had a right to be able to watch this film. However, now going back and looking at this, I understand the reasoning why Disney released these films on Premiere Access. This didn't stop me at the time being bitter. However, now that I look back on this, and now that I've watched this film again, I actually really, really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to going back and watching other previous Premiere Access releases in a new light, hopefully. And no, I completely agree with you there on that, Tim. When this was first released, I was kind of in two minds about it. I was unsure about the reasoning behind Disney making it available on Premier Access, but not available to purchase on other platforms. I completely understood at the time the reasoning behind Premier Access, and I still agree that this is a good way to go, and they could potentially still even do Premier Access now. They could release these films in the cinemas and also on Premier Access, and still keep that 45-day release cycle. I still think that that's a possibility. However, what I feel that they should have been able to do at the time, and even what they should still do now is release these films on other digital platforms, such as iTunes, Amazon, to be able to purchase, but at a higher price, rather than rent at an inflated price like in the cinema. Just allow them to be able to be purchased at a higher price so that these people can then keep them going forwards. At the time, Disney said, of course, Premier Access was you pay for it and you can watch it as many times as you like within the Premier Access window, and then it becomes free to everyone. So at the time... Yes, it's kind of better than a movie ticket, let's say, but it's not the same as purchasing it and owning it outright as you do with other digital purchases. I know that's kind of the thing with streaming platforms that on a streaming platform, you don't own any of that content. You're just streaming it from the content provider. However, me, myself... I still like to buy a lot of movies on iTunes that aren't on streaming platforms or movies that I want to be able to watch as many times as I want without relying on them not being taken off streaming platforms, let's say. But anyway, that's only my personal preference. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for everyone for your comments this week. We don't actually have a uh, Diz His review this week, only because with Joe going away on his cruise and also with other members of his team not being available and then with me not being very well and not being able to record and everything last weekend we just didn't manage to line up getting a review from them for raya this past week however i have been promised that there will be a review for the next week's movie club which is actually going to be the parent trap from 1998. remember if you want to send me your comments on the weekly movie club each week you can do so in the weekly movie club room in the sorcerer radio discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord Or, of course, on any of my posts over on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club, plus being the word plus. Or, of course, in the Sorcerer Radio Disney Fun Zone Facebook group. Also, if you do want to leave me an audio comment on the movie, you can record one and send one over on my Anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash the D plus club. Remember, next week will be my last show until I take a break whilst I go on holiday. Until then, though, hopefully you have a good week. Thank you very much for tuning in this week and hopefully you can tune in again next time. Have a great one, everyone. Bye-bye.